Hi there, Healthcare Experience Matters listeners. I am super excited for our interview today with Vanessa Guzman. We are talking health equity, a super important subject that we are really, really passionate about here at the Healthcare Experience Matters podcast. Vanessa, welcome to the show. Just uh, tell us a little bit about your professional background and what you do. Thank you so much for having me, Casey. It's an honor to be here and share my experiences um, with the audience today. Um, I'm a biomedical engineer by training, and I'm the CEO at SmartRise Health, uh, which is a company that's focused on integrating value-based care, health equity, uh, and access to care uh, in both clinical and community settings across the world. So thank you so much again for, for having me here today. That is awesome. And yes, we are talking health equity. And I want to just kick this discussion off by asking you about socioeconomic status and how it can directly impact people's overall health. Tell us about your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, there's standard definitions online, but the way I'm going to phrase it is, is basically my own life experience, right? Um, I, am, I, I was born to Dominican parents. Um, I have been on Medicaid for uh, quite quite a bit of time while I was young, um, up to the age of about 20. Um, and when you live in a neighborhood that you're not exposed to or you where you lack things like transportation or food, healthy food is not guaranteed, um, and literacy is not at the highest in a given household, those things influence the way that you not only perceive health, but how you prioritize your health and your ability to navigate very distinct challenges that we see in healthcare today. So that is the more human definition, is factors that contribute to your ability to get the best care possible. Um, and for me, those were some of the, now I see, gaps um, that, I, that I had to live through and my family had to live through, um, not knowing any better of what was accessible to us or them. Very well said. And what are some steps we can help to bridge these these gaps? I think different organizations have a different role. Um, I think three major stakeholders are health plans and payers. We have health systems or provider organizations, right, who, who, who provide direct care. And then we have community-based organizations. And then we have ourselves as a fourth stakeholder, but we often don't think about what we can do as, as people, as consumers, right? So when we talk about health plans, we're talking about making sure that we services offered by the health plan are super, super clear, that we don't have tedious applications or cumbersome applications that really mess up with the process of someone acquiring the services that they need to get the coverage what they need to gain that service from a provider. So those are just more tactical examples. And obviously payers have the ability to collaborate with providers to better understand what are the needs of the population? What data do they need to really help the consumer, the patient member really maximize the benefits of their coverage, right? So there, we encourage high communication and integration with provider uh, services as well as community-based organizations. Um, when we're talking about provider organizations, on the other hand, we often think of the providers as like, you're the conduit, right, to, to remedy some of these challenges. But the reality is they're confronted with limited resources um, and not enough reimbursement in some of the services that we know would help consumers um, close some of the gaps on SDOH, like food access and other things. So my suggestion is 
uh, at least at a minimum have screenings um, or screeners um, to identify what gaps perhaps your population is experiencing or the barriers to care or the gap, you know, the, the barriers to accessing some of these, these resources. And you may start with like just three. If there's anyone in the audience who's a provider, just start with maybe three questions that you know uh, your population is likely to have a much larger impact on. Oftentimes we find that it, uh, around the country, we're talking about access to food, transportation, housing being usually the top three um, SDOH gaps that, that we encounter. Um, and then start from there in terms of building those relationships. And then for lastly, for the community-based organizations is being aware of what services they can um, provide the community as long as they're aligning and collaborating closely with, with both the health plans and providers. So I see them as three major uh, drivers and opportunities. And obviously for us, as consumers is knowing that we have the agency to ask questions, to ask for where we can get some resources if we need help, because there are some, they're oftentimes there, we just don't even get to the step of asking and even understanding what potentially could be there that could help us navigate health systems. And I want to shift the discussion to education. I know that education can serve as a powerful factor in health outcomes. Yeah. So how can communities better um, ensure that education becomes a tool for health equity instead of what might be seen as a barrier? Yeah. I mean, the disparity today is, um, it's, it's many, there are many. One of them is that we see those with high school degrees or higher have higher uh, literacy, health literacy tied to them, which means they're at less risk um, of over time either being subject to chronic uh, conditions or um, preventable admissions or unnecessary ED utilization, those type of things, or simpler things like they have much higher vaccination rates than their counterparts, things like that, including their children. So it is a generational impact. If your parents reach a higher level of education, um, that follows the children. So just to kind of give the audience a sense of like, those are the gaps that exist today. Your, to answer your question in terms of what do we do? Well, for, for those that are in the policymaking business is creating structures in place that advocate for greater budgets to education in communities, especially those of color, where we see the greatest vulnerability relating to education largely because of lack of resources, therefore requiring other alternatives like getting a job um, and, and really following what, what's well known or what's common in, in their neighborhood. So vocational training, alternatives to, to school or college, I think are, are really beneficial, but just building the infrastructure in the community, making investments in the community so that it prioritizes education as a fundamental part of a, of a human being's well-being. This is an amazing discussion. And, you know, access to healthcare is not uniform across all populations as we're talking about today. Um, we're, the point of this discussion is helping work towards a more inclusive healthcare system that addresses these diverse needs. So I just wanted to get any final thoughts that you might had uh, on all of this or anything else valuable to, to leave us with as we wrap towards the end of today's discussion. I think I think we um, identifying understanding population needs in a given community is key. So for those who have who are in that place of power or authority 
or placement in the community um, who can look at the data and say, this is the problem we're looking to solve, do that. That is the perfect starting point because it helps understand the best use of resources. If if there there's consumer there are consumers on the on the uh, on the uh, in the audience, which includes all of us, right? Um, make sure that you understand what are your expectations as a consumer of healthcare. What do you need? Because is everyone's job to give you some sort of answer, or someone's job to ask you the question of what do you need and what matters the most to you? Because that should be everyone's priority. Um, and we do have the resources to do that, except they're misused in this country. So that is important for you to know that you are the most important asset and your health, you have nothing else if you don't have your health. So, so that's an important piece to uh, take away. And then third, for those who are in leadership positions, especially in healthcare, whether it's health plans or, or health systems and provider organizations, is important to really place the money where it's most needed right? Um, appointing health equity officers without enough resources, not effective. Um, make just, just making sure that you, you know, um, create interventions or projects and health equity initiatives without a sustainability plan, not effective because all these things just become a pilot and then it doesn't have a lasting effect because no one has taken the time to evaluate the impact or even the value that it has in the community. So making sure that the community's voice is integrated in any health equity project, whether it's a, something as a starting point as a you know SDOA screening to more advanced systems that already have you know robust systems in place supporting health equity um, for for folks of color or whomever needs it the most, the LGBT community, community, all these different communities who are vulnerable to these risks. That is the most important thing is to have the structure and prioritization from a budget perspective in making sure that health equity is truly integrated into your into your organization. And Vanessa, before we wrap up, I do want to ask one final question that I've just listeners might be curious to, because as you know, CEO of Smart Rise Health, you're clearly a very accomplished and um, it's, you know, executives love to learn. Um, I'm sure from you or anyone working in healthcare would love to learn a little bit more about your story. Did you have any mentors or people that you really um, looked up to when you were um, rising in the ranks of this profession or in anything you want to share with us about what you learned from these people? Well, thank you so much for, for asking that question because it brings back really, really important memories. Um, and my path has not been linear at all. I get the question around like, how do you wind up in this role? And it wasn't linear. Um, but I did, have, there was a theme to my, the successes and the failures that led to my successes. And they were very, they were, they were, they were at least a handful of mentors who were also sometimes my, um, my bosses, my managers, co-workers, friends, close relatives who, who did one thing for me, one major thing, and that's trust, trusted. They trusted me enough to go along with sometimes my ideas, my crazy, my passion. And that opened door to this girl back then of color who was slim and looked extremely young, who typically doesn't get these opportunities, they opened one single door. And that continued along the way. 
So if there's anything, if there's anything I were to ask you today, if you are in that role, whether you're in the receiving end or the giving end, one thing for my, for my story is that there were people that believed in me. So believe in someone and make sure that you propel them forward because it will pay off tenfold, a thousandfold. Um, and that, that's a big one. The second, the second thing I want to add to that is my own gratitude. I practice gratitude every day and without being grateful to where you're at or where you're at in your life and, and filling the gap of, okay, this, this is what the future might look like. You lack vision and you lack trust in your own abilities. So basically your life becomes just part of someone else's destiny and you lose control. So I would say trust, but also believing that you are worthy and that there's value in you, that alone raises your abilities to really bring your gifts forward in the world. Vanessa Guzman, she is the CEO of Smart Rise Health. She's been our incredible guest today, just, just really powerful stuff and um, very, very, very helpful information. No matter what stage you're at in your career, I really, really appreciate your time today, Vanessa, and I know our listeners do as well. Thank you again. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Healthcare Experience Matters. Healthcare Experience Matters is brought to you by the Healthcare Experience Foundation. To learn more, please visit healthcareexperience.org. That's healthcareexperience.org.